You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isn't It Ironic by Julia Julia 6 on AO3. She should burn the fucking thing. Turn on her fancy fireplace for the first time since she moved in. That she paid a fortune to have as an amenity in the middle of Manhattan, she reminds herself ruefully and put it to some good use, to finally say goodbye and good riddance to the ghost that haunts her. Tap, tap, tap. Olivia holds the offending object in one hand, tapping it on the countertop, while her other hand fists a healthy glass of expensive Cabernet. She almost opted for something harder, whiskey or bourbon, or even a shot of vodka to pair with the torture she'll inevitably feel tonight. However, she decided she needed to remain partially lucid if she was going to be playing with fire. She hasn't decided yet if she means this phrase figuratively or literally. Either way, something's burning, and either way, she feels like it's going to be her. When Lizzie Stabler called her out of the blue that morning and asked if they could meet for a quick cup of coffee, Liv was wary, but agreed. She would never say no to a Stabler a trait she hated herself for at times, because it always seemed to be to her detriment. But if a stabler kid needed her help, advice, or guidance, she was there. No questions asked. Her love for them transcended time and distance and Elliot's hurtful actions. What she wasn't expecting was to be handed another fucking white envelope, this time with her name scribbled on the front in Kathy's handwriting. Lizzie's explanation was rushed and full of nervous, frenetic energy. She found it by accident. Her dad had left boxes of Kathy's things for the girls to sort through. Clothes, jewelry, etc. Lizzie found it tucked inside a bag Kathy had brought with her to New York. One Elliot was obviously too traumatized to go through himself. Olivia, forgive me, but I read it. I didn't know what my mom's headspace was like and I didn't want it to be hurtful. She was different over these last few years. Italy was her safety net, but I think it was more of a smokescreen. Liv sat, speechless, the letter between them on the table, holding them both hostage. Her fingers stayed curled around her vintage IT while she listened to Lizzie's rushed explanation. I think you should read it, Olivia. I don't think it's hurtful although I'm more confused than ever about so many things. It solves some family mysteries, but I don't understand why they left in the first place. Olivia tried to scrutinize, to digest Lizzie's vague babbling, to read between the lines of the words she hasn't read with the words she had memorized for almost two years. Words like never real and God in the way and if you have a man in your life. Final words. How could an incidental letter from Kathy not be hurtful? Also, no one else knows about this. I felt guilty enough looking at something addressed to you. I'm assuming this includes your dad. Lizzie paused, contemplating. Actually, he knows about at least part of it. He knows, Liv. Her brow furrowed as she turned over that last sentence in her mind. Lizzie left shortly after. What else was there to say? 
leaving her with the stark white envelope and her dreary black thoughts. Nothing good could be inside. She should have left it on the table for the busboy to clear away. Here you go, a letter full of woes to add to your tip jar or the dumpster. Against her better judgment, she tucked it into her bag, throwing five bucks on the table instead. Now she sips and stares, contemplating Lizzie's words. He knows. What does Elliot know? Not hurtful, confused, solved mysteries. Her mind drifts to a similar sentiment he echoed in a hallway over a year ago about being confused about so many things. Did this letter have something to do with it? Fuck it. Might as well read it first. It will make the burn so much more satisfying. She opens the envelope and frowns. It's not ordinary paper, not loose leaf or stationery, or even a yellow sheet torn from a legal pad. Only two sheets folded crisply in a trifold, but they're thicker, official. She can see the typography through the copied pages, reminding her of something she might type up for work, something permanent and binding. She shakily undoes the careful creases, and a small handwritten note falls into her lap. She leaves it there, an afterthought, because what she's staring at cannot be real. Divorce papers, adorned with their signatures, and dated the week before her ceremony. The week before they came to New York. The week before Kathy died. Her hands tremble, and she doesn't realize she's been stunned into tears until one rolls off her cheek and drips onto the note in her lap, reminding her of its existence. Through blurred eyes, she reads Kathy's dainty penmanship. Olivia. Not even a notion could drown his feelings for you, and not even St. Peter's Basilica could help him absolve his devastation over Jenna. Not even ten years of silence could erase you. He's missed you so damn much. It's always been you. You're his salvation. I never should have dragged him away. I know he loves me the only way he knows how, but it's not enough for us anymore. I've made peace with it. We both deserve the chance to make choices for ourselves. He chooses you. It will always be you. Go to him, because he'll never go to you first. Not after a decade apart, a feeling like a failure to everyone around him. The guilt eats him alive, and it's time for forgiveness and healing. Go to him with my blessing. Kathy. Olivia drops the note on the counter, wiping away fresh tears with the sleeve of her gray hoodie. Kathy's ghost has whispered in her ear for two years, and she's been listening to the wrong words. A letter she first thought was a cowardly cop-out, then from his drug-induced admittance. She assumed the words were the ramblings of a jealous spouse. Now she realizes it's a requiem from someone who didn't feel like he deserved her and a soon-to-be ex-wife who helped him craft a heartbreaking goodbye, just in case he discovered that she lived and thrived without him. Thinking that none of her successes today had anything to do with what they were. Oh, how wrong he was. He gave her the letter after being back in her presence for a handful of moments. In that time... During his stress, turmoil, and trauma, he caught a glimpse of Olivia's life, world, 
Captain C and family, and concluded that he would never be good enough for her. He decided that his absence was too nuclear, too unforgivable, irrevocable, and final. A decision she inadvertently perpetuated when she didn't call him to protect her, when she said, I can't, and I'm not ready for this. The boundary had broken before her death. Elliot wasn't somebody else's husband. He was a grieving ex-husband, not a widower, and Kathy's shadow seems a little more faded, a little less formidable. Maybe Olivia simply needed her blessing all along. For the past two years, hell, two decades, she's lived with the guilt of being in love with the married man, of having an emotional affair that never disappeared. Feelings rekindled the second she saw his eyes amid flashing lights and falling mist, etched with concern and fear and apology and love, so much love. Kathy knew all along and was granting Olivia permission and peace. Wasn't that fucking ironic? Badass Benson, haunted by a ghost, afraid of who she was without Elliot and who she would be with him, wondering why, in the last two years, Elliot has yet to break the secret to her. Why Mr. What-if-things-work-out left this giant detail out of his return to her life? It hits her, then, that last sentence scribbled in his unmistakable print, the line that had woven itself through the parts of her that were tattered and threadbare. A parallel universe had nothing to do with being married and forbidden, and everything to do with the consequences of his actions. It would always be them in that other universe, free from remorse and regret, free from stolen time and missed chances and tears and loneliness happy. She grabs her keys and hurries out the door. To confront, to listen, to forgive, to hope, to love. The fancy fireplace will have to wait. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.